Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Christian Medina, and you're on another episode of Try Except Pass, the short form podcast that helps you keep up with your favorite development topics. Today's episode isn't about a specific technology or engineering principle. We're actually going to talk about protecting technology, or specifically protecting software through intellectual property law. The idea for the episode came from an article written by Tori Lutz for pythoncircle.com titled Intellectual Property Law and Coding. Developers and engineers at all levels will have to deal with IP law at some point in their careers, whether that's because you're trying to protect some code, some software that you wrote, or simply because you're trying to understand how to properly use someone else's code or what are the implications of using someone else's code to the protections afforded to your code under the law. Intellectual property law was created, believe it or not, as a way to foster innovation and competition. The concept has been around in one way or another for centuries. Governments wanted to incentivize individuals to invest their time and resources in finding innovative ways of solving common problems. And one way to do that was to grant them a monopoly over their solution for a period of time afterwards. That was the primary purpose or main idea behind the patent. Today, IP law provides a way to protect coding innovations that may be novel or unique. It refers to the ownership of intangible things, giving people and businesses property rights to the intellectual goods and innovations that they create, usually for a limited amount of time that numbers in years. There are several aspects to the law itself that allow you to own, say, a specific brand logo or a unique way of solving a software problem or even a composition. There are four types of intellectual property. Copyrights, which exist for anything dubbed as art, like paintings, music, or books. Patents, are what grants you the monopoly we were discussing earlier, so they cover innovations in general. Trademarks, which are brand-related things like logos, catchphrases, and other things that help identify a company. And then there's trade secrets, which are concepts that give a business some competitive edge over another. Alright, so what does it take to patent code? Software patents can be quite tricky compared to physical inventions. You generally can't obtain a patent on the specific code that you've written to solve a problem. It's really hard to argue the uniqueness and novelty with software. But I do disagree with the article in that you're still able to patent the solution to the problem that you're implementing in your code, or the system or method that you're using to solve it. Essentially, the code is a function or a way of solving a a particular problem, but you're really patenting the idea or the innovation that you're implementing with your code. Personally, I've been involved in patent filings across the various corporations I've worked at for years. I've submitted dozens of disclosures, and I've received over a dozen grants from the patent office. Usually, large corporations have an entire section of their budget dedicated solely for protecting their intellectual property. And along with it, there are lawyers as well as internal engineers 
that review patent submissions for the possible value for the company. When you're trying to submit a patent, not just inside your company, but also to the patent office, you have to argue several things like what is the value of the patent, what is the innovation, but also what is its discoverability. Discoverability is a big issue with software patents because you have to be able to prove that another entity or person has infringed upon your idea. And doing that simply by looking at a product is sometimes not easy, especially if you're, what you're submitting or disclosing is some internal way of doing the same thing more efficiently. You also need to prove that somebody skilled in the art, meaning some other software developer, couldn't just easily come up with the idea you are trying to submit to the patent office. This is also another point that's hard to argue when you're submitting a software disclosure. Patent applications take years to process, and when doing so, you have to disclose how you solve the problem. There's also a number of limitations on how long after you came up with the concept are you allowed to wait before submitting that disclosure. And you also have to prove that the idea that you're trying to patent not only has not been patented before, but is it public knowledge or available in some external documentation that anybody could read and learn how to do what you're trying to submit. This includes open source software, which is now obviously going to make your job a lot harder. So this, plus everything we just discussed, makes it really hard to obtain a patent solely on the software that you've written. It's a lot easier to try to go for the idea or the system and method that you're trying to do. But of course, you'll have to disclose it, which then could put you at a competitive disadvantage. Because of this, we'll want to look at other options on how to protect our intellectual property. The next one is copywriting your code. It turns out that under the law, coding by itself is considered a creative endeavor. Therefore, it's an art just as much as a poem or a book is. Copyright doesn't protect the ideas behind your code, but it protects it from being literally copied and reused by other people or entities. Original software is automatically copyrighted under international law, but in order to sue for infringement in the U.S., you must have registered the work. Of course, that does mean that if you want to register your software, you have to publish some portion of the source code or the object code, which then means you have a completely different problem because not only are folks aware of your specific solution, they also have access to the source code or maybe the object code, which they can then reverse engineer into the source code. But you also have to consider the security implications of having other folks knowing how you wrote your software. On another note, you can also use copyright to protect the audiovisual work of your software, like graphics or sounds that are part of your application. So it's not just about the literal copy of your code. However, over the years of court litigations over copyright infringements, the law has evolved to allow for claims of fair use as deemed by the courts. For example, you can modify copyrighted software for personal use, or you could use software for educational purposes. And of course, proving 
educational purposes or personal use gets interesting in court and can sometimes surprise you. Now let's look at the next section in the article, which is trade secrets. You can consider your code as a trade secret. Doing so does not require you to submit a prior application or some upfront filing like copyrights and patents do. That means that it does protect you a, a bit more in the sense of not having to disclose how you solved your problem or implemented your code. Court cases seem to show that an entire software package, though, is hard to protect, but the source code itself is most likely to be treated as a trade secret. However, the more visible to a user that part of your software is, the less protection it receives, which means when you get into open source software, you can't claim it as a trade secret. This, and some of the other points mentioned earlier, is one of the reasons corporations tend to shy away from including open source software in their products or services. Filing code as a trade secret, though, does give you legal grounds in case someone steals the code for their own benefit, even if they slightly modify it. So if you're trying to protect the effort and investment that you've made in developing code, trade secret is one of the better choices due to the fact that you don't have to disclose it. So we've covered the basics of the protections afforded to software and intellectual property under the law. Now, IP law is complicated just like any other form of law. It's not just about specific rules, but also about the history of court filings, which are getting quite complicated and interesting over recent years, especially with some of the battles between, say, Oracle and Google or Apple and Microsoft. The advent of open source has also had some effect in all of this. And so if you're looking to protect any of your inventions or your software, I strongly encourage you to actually talk to an IP law lawyer. You want somebody that specializes in this type of law. Filing patents can be expensive. And if you're sourcing this by yourself, it's important that you get the right person to help you articulate what it is that your invention is, but also to perform a proper patent search that might save you time in actually making the submission, but also provide enough information for you to distinguish the particular invention that you're making from others that the patent office might deem as too close to your own disclosure. If you're an engineer that is already part of a large corporation that dedicates resources to this part of their organization, I encourage you to seek out information about how they do things. Usually there is some form of reward system involved with it, which can help you get a nice bonus here and there. But also there are resources to help you understand how all of this works, how to file your own disclosures, and usually an invention review board that you can use as a sounding board for your ideas. The process will be different across various corporations because they put different value on the intellectual property as it applies to their business. For example, a company like IBM is large enough to value IP submissions across the board in all engineering disciplines that are more or less within the, the company's directives. Whereas a smaller company, like say a startup, only cares about protecting their own specific ideas that are important to the business processes and products that they're trying to design and implement. Any knowledge, information, or training that you can get 
on intellectual property will actually be helpful throughout your entire career, especially if you have your own experiences with your own submissions and even your own grants. I can tell you from my experience, those will help you across companies that you're working for, not just the specific one that you're working at at the moment of your submission. Thanks for listening to another episode of Tracks Have Pass. If you liked it, feel free to subscribe. And if you'd like to support the show, please leave us a review on iTunes. It really helps us out. Don't forget to swing by the website at tracksetpass.org if you'd like to read more about building real-world software. You can sign up for our mailing list to stay in touch with the latest and greatest. If you'd have a topic that you'd like to see us cover, send us a tweet at tracksetpass. This is Christian Medina wishing you good times and good tinkering.